Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Uh, don't know what episode this is, but it'll be in the uh, description if I ever find it out. Um, it's too many to count. Um, yeah, so you already know th- what the title is. Blackhawks screw the Blackhawks. We're going to talk some Blackhawks. Get that out of the way. We're going to start off the show with that. Along with some other news, um, well, not really a lot of news, just like one other interesting thing that I found funny. Uh, going into the standings, comparing them where teams went up or down in the standings compared to last week, or the la- yeah, the last week's episode, and uh, talking about some Jack Eichel stuff. But before we do that, let's go Blackhawks here. Um, just knock it right out of the gate here. Um, so first off, kind of dancing around the whole thing, um, the Blackhawks are just you know a, kind of a sinking ship right now. It seems uh, as of recording, uh, they have not won a single game yet. Um, they become the first team since at least 1979-1980 to not lead at any point in their first six games. Um, their sellout streak uh, ends at 535 consecutive games. Um, not a lot of things going well for the the Blackhawks, uh, to say the least. Uh, at the very least. Um, however, that that's the least of the problems because the whole uh, sexual assault thing. Um, trying to cover that up for 11 years uh, is going to do a number on you. Um, and it's 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 inspired it inspired a lot of controversy not only just at the Blackhawks' level but the NHL and in a whole uh, as it may it would appear it is really kind of made a lot of people question things because first off um, so as I went into the standalone video um, feel free if you want to watch it if not I mean I'm gonna go through basically everything. On here, I know it's not the best thing, you know. You kind of want to promote your videos and all that, but um, for those that you know are not watching the video version of this, um, this well, this might suit you better anyway, because there's actually more detail in this than that. So, um, so Stan Bowman resigned as president of hockey operations and the general manager. All right, whatever. Uh, NHL fined the Blackhawks organization for two million dollars after the findings of their sexual assault allegations, um, along with the Chicago Blackhawks actually formally, um, after all this even, uh, formally asked for the name of that coach that, uh, uh, did the sexual assault, uh, to be named, uh, to be, uh, etched off or at least like X'd out on the Stanley Cup because his name's on the cup, uh, which hopefully that goes through, uh, John Quenville. Uh, has resigned from being the head coach of the Panthers, so he's out uh, of the job, of a job. Um, and the one other guy that was still employed, at least for the high power that anyone's going to really give a damn about, is Kevin Dayoff, the current and still current Winnipeg general manager. And he... Even met with the uh, with Gary Bettman, and I guess the findings that they found 
even though he had a higher, he was in the higher, you know, echelon of the Blackhawks brass than Joel Quenville was. Um, and he gets nothing. He gets no punishment whatsoever. He gets to be free to be Winnipeg general manager and do whatever a Winnipeg general manager does. Um, don't know how that happens. Um, kind of a, is, it would appear to be a drop ball by the NHL, but um, yeah, that's something. And Gary Bettman came out today on all the news outlet, news outlets, Sportsnet, TSN, ESPN, you name it. Uh, basically stating Joel Quinville was allowed uh, by the league to coach uh, last Wednesday because there was a lot of questions asking why he was even allowed to be coaching that game. Uh, and the reason why they did that apparently is so then uh, no one, including... Joe Quenville can accuse the league of prejudging him before allowing him to uh, speak his piece to the league, which fair. Uh, I, I'd say I'd say that's at least one fair thing um, there. Um, but one other thing, like one of the big clouds, not only the fact that the whole sexual assault thing even happened in the first place, that. Is interest? It's it's not that it's interesting because like ooh interesting. It's that it's mind boggling that it even occurred in the first place. But it's also mind boggling that even Alan Walsh, you, you know, agent uh, for a lot of guys in the NHL, along with the fact that you know he's very vocal on Twitter, hockey Twitter, hell of a place, um, has raised a really good point. He's raised a really good point, and I'm gonna go and search for the his tw- his tweet verbatim because it's it's a very valid point, and it's basically go- talking about the two million dollar um the two million dollar fee that well fine that the Blackhawks had to pay because of this whole thing. Um, Alan Walsh here, all Walsha. So a reminder. A reminder that Gary Bettman finds the New Jersey Devils $3 million and a loss of two draft choices, two draft picks, for a cap circumvention. But he finds the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million. That's Gary's, that's Gary's message. Circumventing the cap is more outrageous than covering up alleged sexual assault. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't have said it better. Oh Walsha. Oh Walshy. Um and what they and what and what they're talking what he was talking about, if you if you don't know. Um so back when uh, Ilya Kovalchuk before he went to back to the KHL, uh the New Jersey Devils, I guess, did some uh trying to do some cap circumvention because he went off to the KHL and he didn't want his cap uh to be sitting, you know, on the cap, you know. Why, uh, why have the his contract, you know, on your books if he's not playing for you, you know? And, um, which, fair point. I wouldn't want his contract on the books either. But, um, yeah, so they charged him, they charged them $3 million for circumventing the cap there. But they're only charging $2 million for covering up sexual assault. That is absolutely ridiculous, um, but it's but you know, and that's and that's also kind of the shame about this whole thing is that now we're putting the 
we're virtually putting the like what is sexual assault worth putting worth on something which you know you gotta have to have some sort of punishment but now it's like all right the president's been set now you know where do you go from there and that's uh i don't know it's, it's kind of a it's something it's all that's all i gotta say about that it's something but uh but yeah and and to th- and and just to clarify just to clarify even though it's a very harsh topic it's a very you know it's a real topic it's real don't we don't want to be like all right you know it's an uncomfortable thing and that's a lot of and that's and that's a shitty thing it's uncomfortable to talk about, but guess what? It has to be talked about because if it's not talked about, then people are going to forget. And when people forget, then people get away scot-free like Kevin Chevaldeoff. So how about we, you know, just keep that, that little nugget of information in the back of our minds and try to make sure that we don't let this happen again. And speaking of things that shouldn't happen again, but it's going to happen um, by, you know, it's gonna probably happen is uh while we're talking about you know investigation stuff like that uh on that same conference call uh gary and bettman also uh stated that the akeem alu investigation when uh i get it was back when bill peters uh was coach i can't remember if it was when he was with the flames or i think is actually when he was with one of the other teams that he's coached, but he, um, I guess, had a it was saying some racial racial slurs to uh, Akeem Alou, um, and he, they come to find out that apparently that the investigation has been completed. They didn't really state what the findings were, um, although uh, Alou's rep was saying that it's kind of funny that they they say that because he hasn't been contacted. Uh, by the NHL in over a year, so uh, take that with what you will. Um, yeah, kind of, kind of, and you know, and not just, and not to say that you know it's, you know, these things are less important than you know trying to make a good name for the league and all, because um, you know at the end of it, all these leagues are scumbags. NFL, MLB, NHL, they're all scumbags. But you know, to make sure that we're all I can say is, all I can say is that we gotta make sure that we, you know, just keep this in the back of our mind and just take these as lessons learned. Um, all we can, yeah, that's all we can do is try to be better. Um, but to make things on a lighter note, on a lighter note here, um, before we get into the standings thing, just kind of a, an interesting tidbit information you know how we uh we give shit to the Nashville Predators for doing the whole uh banner meme uh where they raise banners for uh arbitrary things of course um which now we're giving shit to the Kraken because on their first home game they uh had a raising the banner in uh commemoration of them being the 32nd team in the league and all these other like things that deal with like 32. So now the number 32 is retired uh, for the Kraken. Uh, not too long ago when they versed the Montreal Canadiens this past time, 
Uh, they raised a banner in commemoration of the 1917 Stanley Cup winning uh, Se- uh, Seattle Metropolitans, um, which a lot of people kind of had issue with that. I, I honestly don't really have an issue for it. You know, you're you're celebrating your uh, you're celebrating your team, uh, not your team, but your city's you know sports lineage, and uh, since that also. It doesn't really matter in the sense that that team wasn't even an NHL team anyway. It was like a PHWA team or whatever the acronym was for that league that the uh, Metropolitans were a part of. But And that was also the year that the NHL was birthed. So, I mean, can't get I can't get too mad about that. Um, but, yeah, with that, we'll go straight into the standings. So, these standings... I know I tried going for Saturday, um, not only for this episode to come out, but also um, I know I've been trying to get for Saturdays as a day that I uh, snapshot the the league standings. Didn't work out, uh, you know. Under I was a little bit under the weather, but you know, at least it's out. So got that going for me. So these standings are as of. 2:30 in the uh, in the afternoon uh, on on Halloween uh, for those that you know celebrate Halloween. Hope you guys had a good Halloween, and uh, if you did did not, I apologize. Even though uh, it was not my fault, but hope you have a good one next year. I guess. Uh, but yeah, so it was an in- after going through. Um, adding and subtracting who went up and went down the standings. I kind of find it interesting. Um, so just a blanket uh, thing, uh, overview. Uh, so the Pacific, Central, and Metropolitan Divisions seem to be very active. The uh, Atlantic Division, on the other hand, not really. Honestly, was not really uh, active at all. So um, normally go... Oh, yeah, I guess we'll go top down. Um, although I forgot to get the, which actually that's kind of bad on my part. I forgot the uh, wild cards. Who in the hell are the wild cards? How the hell did I do that? Um, all right, so I got that pulled up. So, so the standings might not add up now. So that's great. Um, but anywho, uh, the Atlantic Division, Montreal, dead last. I guess actually no, yeah. I guess we're not even going to talk about wild cards uh, this week. Uh, that's just a drop ball on mine. Uh, Montreal, uh, two seven and zero, still eighth place uh, in reference to last week. Uh, Mont- and Ottawa dropped one spot to seventh place with a record of three four zero. Boston. Dropped a spot from fifth to sixth uh, with a record of four three and zero. Toronto drops a spot from fourth to fifth with a record of four four and one. Uh, and these standing uh, and these records are overall, not just in between the week. That that'd be insane. Um, this ain't baseball now. Um, number four, Tampa Bay jumping up three spots. That's why the previous teams I mentioned went down a spot. Because they uh, rock, uh, rocketed from 7th to 4th place with a record of 4-3-1. and one. 
Uh, Detroit stayed put uh, 4-3-2 at third place. Buffalo Sabres 5-1-1 standing pat on second place. And first place standing pat and still undefeated uh, in regulation now. Uh, They lost in overtime. 8-0-1 is their record uh, for the Florida Panthers. And now they don't have a head coach in Joel Quinville. So it's going to be quite interesting to see what uh, happens to their record. Um, It'll be uh, interesting to see how that shakes out for them. But yeah, going into the Metropolitan Division... Pittsburgh falls from grace uh, four spots to last place in the Metro uh, with a record of 3-3-2. Columbus Blue Jackets dropped down two spots uh, from 5th to 7th, 4-3-0. New York Islanders 3-2-2 is their record at 6th place, jumped two spots from dead last. Uh, New Jersey's 5th place, jumping up two spots from 7th place, 4-2-0. Uh, Philadelphia Flyers, 4-2-1, jumping up two spots from 6th to 4th. Um, New York Islanders, 5-2-1, dropping, dropping down one spot from 2nd place. Washington Capitals, 3-0-1 in 2nd place, dropped down one spot from 1st. And jumping from 3rd to 1st is the Carolina Hurricanes, still undefeated, 7-0-0. And plus 2 up the... Uh, standings here. Central Division. Good lordy. Oh, no. It's not good lordy. Pacific's good lordy. Uh, Central is... All right. Uh, Arizona dropping dropping down one spot uh, with a record of 0-7-1 with... Going from 7th to 8th. Chicago failing upwards with a record of 0-7-2. Jumping up one spot over Arizona. Dallas Stars dropping down three spots from three to sixth uh, with a record of three, four, and one. Colorado and Nashville both in their, uh, both in regards, both have a record of four, four, and oh, and both jumped up one spot from their previous weekend standings. So Colorado went from six to five, Nashville went five to four. Uh, Minnesota Wild dropped down one spot from second to third uh, with a record of 5-3-0. Winnipeg Jets jumped up two spots with that dastardly Kevin Chevelday off as their general manager Um, with a record of 4-2-2 going from fourth to second. And your 2019 Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues are 6-1-0 on the season and still Central Division leader. And the Pacific Division. Uh, it was, you know, wild, wild west here. Uh, so the LA Kings, last place, jumping down two spots from 6th to 8th place with a record of 2-5-1. and one. Anaheim Ducks dropping down three spots from 4th to 7th, record 2-4-3. and three. Vancouver Canucks dropping down three spots from 3-6 to six, uh, with a record of 3-5-1. Seattle Kraken dropping up. Jumping up two spots from 7th to 5th uh, with a record of 3-4-1. The Vegas Golden Knights, 4-4-0. Jumping up four spots from dead last in the uh, division. San Jose still staying in the thick of it. Uh, third in the division 
with a record of 5-3-0, dropping down one spot from 2nd to 3rd. Edmonton Oilers, with a record of 6-1-0, with a dropping down one spot from 1st to 2nd. And your leader for the Pacific Division goes to the Calgary Flames, with a record of 6-1-1, jumping up 4 spots from 4th to 1st. No, 5th to 1st. Jumping up 5th to 1st. Um... So uh, there you go. Uh, that is your roundup for the standings. Um, and next week we will make sure, well, this coming Saturday, I'll make sure that we get the wild cards put in. I didn't put the wild cards in. Um, my apologies on that regard. So before we close out the show, let's talk Jack Eichel. So, um, rumors, getting hot, getting cold, getting hot, getting cold, getting hot, getting cold, now it's hot again. Uh, apparently the Vegas Golden Knights are in the Jack Eichel sweepstakes, I didn't even know there's a sweepstakes for the guy, um, all I know is he's injured still, he's on LTIR, um, $10 million for the next five years on the LTIR books for the... Buffalo Sabres, which with that cap off the books right now, uh, they currently sit at $65.7 million in cap uh, on a cap hit. So they've got um, $15.7 million in cap space because they've also got uh, Henry Yoki Hiru, uh, $2.5 million, and Casey Millistat. 2.5 million also on the LTIR as well, um, along with Jack Eichel's money. But here's here's where I asked, I, I kind of scratched my head and asked myself the question, how, if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, how do you justify, number one, getting him? I know, I know, I, I know, I know, He's, vir- I'm going to say virtually because he's injured and injuries can, especially with shoulders, they can, you know, even though he's a center, so it's not going to really hinder him in the sense that, you know, on like a winger where you kind of really want to make sure like a Vladimir Tarasenko situation that, you know, your shoulder's good. So you can, you know, shoot the puck and the puck goes in the net and all that fun jazz. Um... So, looking at the Vegas Golden Knights' ordeal, they're using $6.4 million in LTIR, and they still, and with that, you know, they're cap, I guess they're virtually cap compliant, but, like, legitimately, like, there's no money. Uh, well, actually, let's, let's do the, uh, let's do the math here, huh? Well, let's do the math. Um, so, we have... If I can get my calculator up here, if we have $87 million, $87,987,039 minus 6487039 you are perfect. $81.5 million, so they legitimately are perfect on the cap. No money to spare at all. How do they make it work? I, it's 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 witchcraft. 
It's it's witchcraft. It's all I know. It's witchcraft. But enough about witchcraft. But yeah, so number one, you only have they only have one, two, three, four, six forwards. Six of their forwards are have a contract that comes past this year. This current season that we're in. And that's William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau. That's on that's not on the LTIR. That's not on LTIR. William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, Evgeny Dadnov, Chandler Stevenson, William Carrier, and Peyton Krebs. Everyone else has uh, Riley Smith, UFA, this offseason, Matias Yanmark, UFA, Brett Howden, RFA, Jonas uh, Ronberg, RFA, but he's an ELC. Jake Lakishkin, uh, he's an ELC guy, RFA. Uh, Nicholas Waz, an RFA. Michael Amiato is an RFA. And Keegan Colsar is an RFA. On the injured on the LTIR, we have Zach Whitecloud, um, and he's contracted all the way through twenty seven twenty eight, um, two point seven five. Uh, Nolan Patrick is on the LTIR; he's in for the next two at one point two. I know Mark Stone; he's signed through twenty six twenty seven at nine point five. Along with Max Petcheretti being on injured reserve as well, with seven million dollars. In the next two years, Alex Tuck on LTR at 4.75 through 25.26, and then Jake Bischoff is only like an L- is basically an ELC. So, which is why I asked a question: Why, number one, would you take on when you already have this many injuries? Would keep guys. Why take on the, the the challenge of yet another injured guy right now? He's injured. Um, along with the fact that you have no money to spare, you're paying seven million the the patches. You're you're given nine point five the stone. What number one? How many more? How much more of your future are you gonna? least to try to get that covered cup in the six years i know bill foley is all horned up for that 500 and however many million dollars that he paid to the nhl and all the owners to be a part of this league back in 2017 how like where do you like how much further are you willing to push the fact that you are legitimately just trading picks out the ass like the the fact you even have your first round pick for the next uh, for the next three years is astounding to me those however many you know acquisitions they keep getting um although to be fair to be fair to be fair to be fair they um have been making a lot of hockey trades when they do make their trades so you know that that will help um they got a first a second they're, they're first, they're second, they're fifth, they're sixth, and seventh um, for next year available. 
they the third round pick that they have is the Rangers' pick. They do not have a fourth round pick, and then they have the Blackhawks' uh, fifth round pick, which may be higher up on the on the totem pole since they are dog shit right now. But um, I don't know who you move because I don't think that you would move off of Carlson. I don't think you're going to move off of Marcheseau. I don't think you're going to move off of Riley Smith. Dad enough? I don't know. Just got there. And I haven't really seen any much of his game. And then if you go into defense, Alex Petrangelo, 8.8. You ain't moving off of that. Alec Martinez, you ain't going to really want to move off of him. 5.25, but you ain't going to want to move off of him. You want to have a nice, solid, at least top four, which they do have with Petrangelo, Martinez, Shea Theodore, and Braden McNabb. And Braden McNabb is a UFA on uh, this up- upcoming uh, offseason. Which he's only getting paid 2.5, and the Shea Theodore's at 5.2 for the next four. Um, and you're and you ain't gonna go doing the whole goalie dance again because you're already offloaded money with um, legitimately for nothing, getting uh, getting rid of Marc Andre Fleury. Rest his soul. Rest Marc Andre Fleury's soul. I hope he gets dealt. I hope he gets dealt to a team that I can cheer for again. Um, but yeah, I don't know where you really plug him in. Like, who who do you give up? Because even on the injured reserve list, you're definitely not going to get rid of uh, Mark Stone. So, I mean, the only option that I could see, the only guy I could see that they offload is maybe Patches. But he has a modified no trade, and I am willing I'm willing to wager that he's not going to want to go to Buffalo. So that's that's nipped in the butt right there. Um, Alex Tuck, you could, but you're only halfway there unless you can, which, you know, you got to keep in mind that there is the option if Buffalo really wants to move him, they could keep cap, you know, eat some cap space. But I'm not going to want to 100% guarantee that that's a thing. So that's why I'm doing the math. Not taking that into account. Because you can't really guarantee that. And I'm going to want to guarantee that Buffalo is going to try their best to not have any of his money on the books. So, I mean, you kind of find yourself in the pickle. Because, yeah, Carlson, fan favorite. Guy, you know... Comes out of nowhere. Everyone's like, oh, who's this William Carlson guy? And then he uh, freaking drops 40 goals in uh, his first season with the Knights. And he's like, all right, <laughs> here we go. Uh, and he's got a modified no trade. Uh, Marshall's got a modified no trade. And Dadnoff has a modified no trade. Um, Alec Martinez has a modified no trade. Uh, Leonard's got a modified no trade. And he was was in Buffalo, and he knows how shitty it is there. He ain't going back there. Um, Petrangelo's no movement. And other than that, everyone else is kind of free free grabs. Yeah, Stone has a no movement. And Max Petretti has a modified no trade, as I mentioned. So everyone else is basically up for grabs. Um, so I don't know where you really go with this. I don't, I don't know, like... 
Um, if you're wanting me to be like, you know, what's my trade package for Jack Eichel? Here's the thing. I just don't trade him. I don't trade for him. And it's mainly because they're already having cap issues as it is. And the fact that the dude's injured anyway, so he's not going to help you any right now. And it doesn't help you, you know, potentially offloading a healthy guy now for an injured guy, for one. And the fact that it doesn't help when you don't, I mean, you've already sent off a lot of your your future that could be kind of helping you right now also be more cap compliant by having cheaper guys that are pretty good on ELCs like a Nick Suzuki or a freaking I can't remember there's one other there's one other kid that they got rid of but but you know you get the you get the premise that there's there's kids that they could be putting in in there probably um well, not a lot, but you, you, you get the point. Is that there's no point in being so damn top heavy, especially when the the cap hasn't come up in a couple of years. You know, let's let's not be trying to be up here and hope that you know the cap goes up next year. Because yeah, it's probably a certainty with the new TV deal and all that that the cap's going to go up. But how much? Is it a million? Is it two? Is it ten? We don't know. And then we ain't going to know until the uh, season ends and the cup's handed out. And after that, then, and only then would we know. But until then, we won't. And there's, and we don't want to have ourselves a Toronto Maple Leaf situation where you're giving up 40% of the, well, not even 40, 50% of the damn cap just for four guys. I like, I like that, you know, at least outside of... Mark Stone, Pacioretty, and uh, Petrangelo. No one else on this team is getting paid more than 5.9. So no one's getting paid more. Out of those three guys, no one's getting paid more than William Carlson. And it's a fairly even spread after that. So, I mean, I'm happy with that. Um... But once you're starting to uh, add a a guy that crosses that ten thousand uh, ten million dollar uh, threshold, things get a little squirrely. And as I've stated before, not a single team to date has had anyone anyone with a contract ten million dollars or higher and won the Stanley Cup. Not a single team in the NHL has done it. The, the Montreal Canadiens were the first team in history that I can recall. Call me out if I'm wrong, but the Montreal Canadiens are the first team in NHL history to have a player, Carey Price, to have a contract that's worth $10 million or more and be in the Stanley Cup Final. They did lose, but that's as close as they've gotten to have a player get the, the Stanley Cup with a contract that high. And depending on when this, how high the the cap goes, can really dictate how um, 
how real a possibility that that time could come. It could come soon. It's that the cap needs to come up enough for it to justify having guys like that. And, you know, it's going to be shitty. It's going to be shitty that there's going to be a time where the way that it's going is that we're going to wait so long. Toronto fans are going to wait so long. Even though I know we're talking about Vegas Golden Knights, but we're talking on the cap whole cap thing and why this is a whole arbitrary thing. That they're gonna wait so long that by the time that Matthews and all them are done at the end of their contracts, when they're just now about to raise the cap to probably almost a hundred million dollars by that point, then and only then would they probably even remotely have any sort of possibility of being more of an evenly spread team without offloading guys. So, I mean, Vegas Golden Knights, they find themselves in an interesting situation. And by God, even though on the on the one side, having Pacioretty back healthy would be great. Having Alex Tuck back would be great. Mark Stone, Nolan Patrick, White Cloud and Bischoff, they're kind of anomalies in the fact that they are only on uh, ELC deals right now. But would they be great to have in the lineup right now so then they can skyrocket to the top of the uh, Pacific Division standings? Absolutely. It would be great. But when they come back, that means that money comes back. And they will immediately find themselves in cap trouble and maybe that's also kind of when they, and maybe that's also why the, the rumor mill is coming because maybe they're looking at, okay, well, these guys are back and when they're back, then we can ship them off or when we're, when they're back, then the replacements for them can get replaced or shipped off to go get Eichel, which now if, see, here and here, okay. So if if you want me before I go, I know I've been kind of rambling off and going around circle, but just to get back on track before before we go here, um, if you want if you want me to end this with a proposition on if Jack Eichel was to come back, all right. Under the guise, under the guise of as number one of me mentioning that depending on how the cap is shaped for next year, okay? Have that in your head. If, and only if, there's a certainty, 100% certainty, that Jack Eichel does not play a single game this year, and he is rendered to the LTIR for the whole year. Because his, his, his contract's done, there's no rights thing, no, it's his contract's done. If, there's a 100% certainty that he is not going to be back in the lineup this year. You have enough people that could carry you into wherever you want to be this year. Okay? If you honestly think that Jack Eichel is the guy that you need to take and propel this team forward... Which with a healthy Jack Eichel and with a better mindset and a better, you know, just a whole organizational leadership, whatever, like culture, with a better culture, 
than Buffalo. I'm sure that he would be paying dividends, absolute dividends for this team. So the only way I see Jack Eichel making it is if you ha- or have enough pieces. I'm not going to name names, but I'm just saying the prospect of having Jack Eichel on your team, if that if that is what is going to make this team a champion, because after this season, to meet Phil Foley's six, winning a cup in six-year goal, he has to win it next year. They have to win it next year. And if you have him on the LTIR this year, cover all the books. They don't go over the cap because cap is irrelevant for a guy right now of his stature right now because he's currently on LTIR. So if he stays there for the whole year or hell, pull a fucking Nikita Kucherov and he's back, you know, in the playoffs. And then there you go. Um, I mean, you could do that, too. Although I'm going to go on a limb and say that he's probably not going to be healthy by then. But if he's back on L- if he's on LTIR for the whole year and God forbid the cap goes up however much to make it work, then do it. If, if you have enough people that you can be fine with doing the deal, do it. But if you if you if you have any slight hesitation in your head that you don't have the, the people to do it, don't do it. And if anything, you can take the season, get the pieces you need to potentially get a cup if you really think this is the year to to make a push. But if you think that this is the time to just get Jack Eichel now and then we can, you know, start fresh. You know, he's already part of the system. He's getting healthy under the Vegas Golden Knights guys and things instead of having... Uh, which is, I guess, maybe one of the maybe one of the perks you get him out of the Buffalo Saber system. You get him in the Vegas system. Have the Vegas medical team go over him, and you know they can just have him over the year, over this year, on LTIR, getting him where he needs to be with the best care that the Vegas Golden Knights organization can give him, and then hopefully all works out for you next season, and it all works out. And if that works out, then, you know, who's who can be mad at that? Who can be mad at that? Uh, I, me as a Vegas Golden Knights fan, even though I'm wearing the St. Louis Blues jersey, uh, I, I can't be mad. As long as it makes sense, can't be mad. Other than the fact that this team is also the same team that after the first time in franchise history of losing four, goal, uh, four games in a row, firing Gerard Gallant and hiring that piece of shit, Peter DeBoer. Just saying. But anyway, um, that's been that. That's been this. I uh, will get you on Saturday, hopefully. We should be back on our normally scheduled program, hopefully on Saturday. If not, it, it will be coming shortly after. I uh, will at least give you that. But uh, until then, uh, that's been that. That's been this. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe if you're on the YouTube side of things. If you're on the podcast side of things, don't forget to Give the podcast a rate or a subscribe, and I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.